I've gone through a lot of, I want to be known for this. I want to be known for that. This whole niche maze and going back to zero and like hitting cul-de-sacs. I think today I'm at a point where I've accepted who I am and who I can help most. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guest is Monica Lim. She is a project manager, creator, writer, podcast host, YouTuber, mom, and many other things. She currently is working with other creators and small business owners to figure out how to improve their workflow so they can focus on the things only they can do while delegating the rest. On the side, she is an English coach helping mostly Korean adults improve their fluency and also has a knack for helping fashion brands put on their shows. If you can tell, Monica loves to do a little bit of a lot. And I love this combo because we connect over the willingness to put ourselves out there and wear multiple hats. Ultimately, we both hope this combo inspires others to do the same. Please welcome to the show, Monica Lim. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. And we're running it back because I just tried to do this one time, but Riverside was messing up. But I'd love to bring back on, after five minutes of trying to figure this out, Mrs. Monica Lim. She is a Notion consultant for creators and entrepreneurs. And we have a ton in common that I figured out through reading and watching and listening to her content. She has YouTube channel, podcasts. She has a Substack blog called Let's Get Practical. And that's what we're going to kick it right into today. I wanted to ask you, why is it called Let's Get Practical? Like, what's the meaning behind that? Um, CJ, so I think Let's Get Practical started like not too long ago. And I think it's a, it's a really a mantra for me. I was telling myself like, Monica, let's get practical. Like don't, we don't need a perfect system that works from day one that I spend like a week building or uh, planning just so like I don't use it or I come up with a new system. But um, just really trying to be practical, something that works, something that works in a way that fits my patterns and like my schedule and my behavior. Uh, And I think... I started first with a podcast. I was like, let's get practical. And I've always wanted to start a podcast. I love audio podcasts for a long time. And I was always trying to figure out like, you know, what should it be about? Like, where should I post this? And I think 10 years passed by. And one day, finally, I told myself, you know, just, I'm just going to get practical. I was waiting in the car and I just recorded my first episode. I think I put together a very quick um, like cover for my podcast using a Canva template. And, and, you know, within a day, I think I had the, like, I was like, bam, bam, like looking up, I don't know, transistor, like YouTube it, tutorials. And within a day, I think I had the first episode up. Um, and that's what I talk. That's what I like want to really, uh, practice, like just 
trying to do something that works, right? And uh, the more I uh, the more I do this, I realize that practical looks and feels different for everybody. And I think I want to really explore what is practical for different people and just like learn from that and see what parts I can leave out that does not work for me and then what parts works for me. And I think all my life I was trying to just like model and copy things that looked perfect in other people's lives and trying to kind of like force that on my, my on myself or in my life and just finally realizing that, you know, like I work in a unique way and um, I'm, I want to do things that work for me and maybe inspire other people not to like copy my way, but just to like explore their own way. And I want to, through my podcast, just like invite people and show all these different shapes and forms of what practical may look like. Um, and I've been really embracing this whole idea of doing things that fit us and there's, you know, like being practical might like sound like something quick, something like, you know, affordable, cheap, quick. And it's sometimes not like that. It could be, it might take more time. It's just like something that works for us. And for me, like even my Notion pages, uh, I want them to be beautiful because if they're ugly, I'm not going to use them. So it's just like, you know, those things that, um, that I try to do like through my consulting or through my, uh, whatever I do, I just try to do things that work for me. I love that. And when you mention practical and how it's different for people, what makes, what it makes me think of is that like practical to somebody is unpractical to somebody else. So what are some things that you do in everyday life that you think are practical, but somebody else might think is not practical? Uh, just, I just thought like one very specific example of um, just two things that came to mind. Like one, just like a house chore. So I love doing the dishes, but I hate doing the laundry. And it's just like, it's so upsetting how like, it's like so hard for me to do the laundry. And I think it's because it has so many parts. You have to put the laundry in and then you have to switch it to the dryer. And then after it's done with the dryer, I need to remember to fold the clothes. So like literally sometimes the clothes will be sitting in the dryer for like four days. And I'll just forget about it. And um, the system that I have now is it's okay if I forget about it, but I just don't want it to be wrinkled, right? Like by the time I discover them in the, in the dryer, like, you know, dead, I'm like, oh, you know, this clothes are like, I, I may have to rewash them all over again. So um, I really believe in this idea of mise en place, which is like all the chefs, you know, like have this way of setting up their kitchen, uh, is putting things in place. So for me, like right now, what's been working is after I'm done with the laundry, it's like immediately after I hear the, the little music, okay, laundry is done. I will just like, I don't even have to fold it, but I'll take out the stuff and like lay it on top of the dryer. And that is like really like the first step for me to just to make it the activity that I hate so much a little bit more uh, automatic and easier. And then after that's done, I will, you know, one day just, just put it all together, but at least it will not be wrinkled and, um, it'll just make it a little bit easier. So for this, this idea of having an on-ramp, 
is very important for, for my projects where even if I have to like write anything or plan anything, I need, it's really hard to get a project from zero to 10%. And then from 10 to 90, like, you know, it's like, I'm really in the zone, hyper-focus. I can do that in one sitting, but getting it from zero to 10 is really hard. Um, so for projects, one thing that I'm, I decided to do and it's been really working really well is I will delegate that part. Like, you know, like, and I've, I've been really good at finding, uh, I'd really just asking for help. So I work with, uh, with team of like virtual assistants or just people who I know can do what I need to do better. Uh, and they will just get it started and, and getting started. It's maybe like, opening a PowerPoint, label, labeling the PowerPoint, you know, for the project, creating uh, like slides one, two, three. And even that will be a lot easier for me to get started. So um, yeah, two things that I'm doing, like really finding somebody to get it from zero to 10. And then this idea of Mison Plus, like how can I make it just a little bit easier for me to, to want to do this task that I'm procrastinating? Those are great tips and the, the laundry hits home more than I can even describe. <laughs> uh, and mine never makes it to folded. <laughs> it always just. No, I, and, it's like, oh, <laughs> why? And like, I, I love doing the dishes and I think they're like so comparable, you know, like you're like kind of like washing and drying dishes, but why don't like, it's, it's like the same thing, but not, it's not the same. So oh, like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. For, for what I would, I don't like to use people like us, but like people that you're on the go, you have a lot going on, you're working on different projects. Um, when you have to put clothes into the wash and then the whole like remembering that, that I think for me, it's like, it's an hour. So by an hour I could be off doing 17 other things and exactly. then have to come, have to come back. Like the task switching of that is what, is what crushes me. Um, but really <laughs> the end of the chain where it's like, okay, I did the task switching of the, the laundry of uh, the washer to the dryer. And then you're telling me that all these clothes now have to get put on an individual hanger or like right, folded, right. not a chance. So it <laughs> usually just ends up sitting in a, in a clothes basket somewhere, unless my lovely wife, uh, will put them away sometimes. Um, but I love the, the practicality of that because it, it might seem in, insignificant, but, right. uh, what I've realized over the years is like, for me, that, that last part of, it doesn't have to look perfect. Like for me, like I don't need them close. I don't need most of my clothes because I'm, I'm, I'm training or, um, on podcasts like this. Um, I wear relatively the same thing all the time and they don't really need to be hung up or, or folded like my, my nice clothes do. Um, but leaving them in a basket and just taking from them and then having another basket for dirty, like that practically works for me, but is very unpractical for other people. Like my brother right. is like OCD about his stuff and then I'm not. But the interesting thing is like on my computer, I'm very organized and I'm OCD <sighs> about oh where my... Totally. Where am I like five, like I'm recording audio here. I'm recording video. Like I have a hard drive specifically uh, for my podcasts and, and specifically for my videos and my Google drive is built out. So I'd love, I'd love to understand where it's like, okay, like you, 
might struggle with the laundry, but where does Monica shine? Where does that personality shine? So you mentioned that the one to 10% might be difficult, but you outsource that, but where are you shining? Uh, and where's that strength portrayed? So that's a, that's a great question. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing to talk about the areas where I struggle, like laundry, like, I don't know, cooking, but, um, and this is one of those things that you probably have heard like that, you know, commencement speech of the water, like the fish in the water, like, you know, they're asking, oh, how's the water? Like what water? Like if you're inside, you, you forget about what's going on, but things that I, I get like comments, oh, wow, this looks great. Or, um, I'm really kind of methodical in like my documents. So like my notion pages, um, I think it looked pretty nice. Like I just, I just, just can't stand a notion page that does not look very nice. I think, uh, well, and by nice, I mean, I don't want to cut you off, but for those that don't know what notion is and you say when it looks nice, like convey to somebody that has never used notion before, what does the average notion page look like? And then what does Monica's page look like? Okay. So, uh, notion is for those will be for those people who are not familiar with notion is, this tool that I, I talk about a tool that can build tools and it can look very simple as like a, you know, word processor. Uh, you can think of it as a page where you have a lot of text information or a mix of visuals like images, uh, text. And what notion does is, um, it gives you a set of options for what this visually could look like. So for example, you may have like three types of headings and then you have a set of colors. And, uh, I think my pages, I really tried to use the, the, the spacing very, you know, in a way that information can be scanned very easily. Um, I like pages that look elegant, so I will mix you know, just like, you know, lines, a divider lines to, to make the information sort of more structured. Uh, so it's not just like throwing content inside. And then, um, I use my notion as sort of like a room where I'm putting the furniture and I decide, okay, you know, like I'm going to arrange the furniture this way because it looks more balanced, more elegant. And I think sometimes people just put just treat it like a drawer and like throwing everything inside. Um, and I treat it more like maybe a shelf where I lay out the information in a way that is easy to understand. Um, and I think this comes from like, I, my background is in civil engineering and I worked in construction. Uh, so it's really, you're managing through like, plans or drawings or maybe like a piece of document and you are instructing people what to do. Um, so I think I've really learned the value of good documentation does not confuse people. Like if you have a documentation that is very well thought out, uh, people know what to do with that. And, um, my thing was always like, it's, uh, it's like, Sometimes I make things look too easy and people think like, oh, you know, this was pretty easy, but there's a lot of work that goes into making sure everybody knows what to do. And, um, even like with podcast directions, you know, like it's, it's amazing how the same sentence people could interpret in different ways. 
Um, so I, I like creating my, my notion pages in if they, if it's a document, not for myself, but for other people, uh, in a way that it's very clear, like, what is it for, how it can be used. Um, I'm creating, for example, this, and I, I love getting involved in this very unique problems, right? Like those are the ones that attract me. I might be so busy, but I'm like, I'll still raise my hand if, if it really engages my mind. So one of my last setups that I'm building for this chef and the chef is having this cooking course and I reached out to him. I'm like, Oh my God, I think you need a notion like, you know, resource. And I want to build this for you. Um, would you hire me? And I, I sort of pitched this in a way that I, maybe it was like, you know, with a video, like what I had in mind and, uh, and the chef agreed and we've been working together and, it's just really creating this beautiful space where people want to go to, right? It's not something that uh, people look forward to going to. And I think we are designed to be attracted to, to, to things that are beautiful and things that are uh, useful, clear. And uh, I've been making this notion page that it's just like, you know, like the recipes, like the categories and I'm creating covers and it's just like so beautiful. Yeah. So like, I think I shine in um, just thinking in creative ways and in clear ways how to structure, organize information uh, on a piece of paper or on the computer screen, which I cannot do at home. Like my house is so messy, but uh, I think when, I, when I'm looking at a Notion page, it's like so constrained. It's like this page and you only have the six blocks to play with. Um, and that to me is like, yeah, yeah um, it's, I hope it's, that answers the question. It's, it's called being a human. I think we have inhumane expectations of ourselves that you make this notion page look so beautiful. So your laundry should be so beautiful when the reality of the world is we come from tribes. We come from individuals that collectively come together to fill specific roles that, you might be great at something that I'm terrible at and then vice versa. And we come together to make a whole. And I think, um, I mean, you, you're well-traveled, you've lived outside of America in several places, but in this country where we're moving more towards individualism and in some cases that's great. Like the ability to be a creator and an entrepreneur and everybody's, uh, access to social media and information is, is wonderful in a lot of ways, but it also creates this pressure that we have to be, that notion consultant in all areas of our life. We have to create beauty in all areas of our life. Rather, your challenge, what you're doing is challenging that status quo and saying, let's get more practical in a lot of areas of our life. And that doesn't look like perfection. And I love this conversation because it hits so many points of, I just think back in my life of, I'd be excelling in one area, but like super, like to other people, not excelling. But in my mind, I was like, this is just me being practical with who I am and, and what needs to get done uh, in this moment. And you mentioned like, so you're working with a chef and you mentioned cooking, maybe one of the areas that isn't necessarily your forte. Well, for me, it's like, okay, I think cooking is my forte, but I'm no chef. Like meaning I just throw some meat and some rice and, and some veggies on the grill or on 
the, the stove and that practically works for me. Like I don't need it to be this five star meal for me to feel satiated. I could literally just eat ground beef and rice and uh, throw a little hot sauce on it. And like to me every day, that's great. That's practically great. But to other people, it's not. And what you're doing right now is showcasing and almost encouraging other people to step into what that practicality looks like for them. What that makes me makes me reflect back on is like when I was younger and where like I was doing that, but I was almost scolded. So I'd love to understand in Monica's life, where were some of the things that like you were practical on for yourself, but to other people, they might've pushed you in a different direction or you felt pressure to get pushed in a diff different direction. Um, did that happen in your life? Because you're talking about it as an adult, it makes me believe that somewhere along the lines, like you had this idea um, and usually it stems from like our problems and the things that we conquered throughout our life. No, that's a good question. Like the, the problem I think is like, I have a terrible memory. It's like, it's like my memory is so bad. Like, I don't know my childhood, like what happened? Um, but one thing that is so interesting is that uh, I have two kids and my, I mean, like, I see so many signs of ADHD with my kids, especially with my daughter. And um, it's insane how like seeing my daughter re like makes me kind of remember of my childhood. So one thing that... Um, I mean, I still do. I love stationery. Like I love stickers and erasers of different shapes. And I, I will have like the same mechanical pencil in five colors. Like it's just like that sort of thing where, and then, and then the idea of, oh my God, I need to get this. Um, and I think growing up, I didn't get that sort of like, you know, like I wanted to buy this thing, but then like my parents would not buy for me. And I probably like really wrestled and obsessed about that thing because it mm -hmm. happens that when you get something in your head for uh, people like who are like neurodivergent or that's all we think about. And it's it's not the thing that like it's a, it's not a matter of whether you deserve or it's a good thing for you to have that thing. But we just like once the seed is implanted or dropped in our minds, we just cannot erase it until we have it. Um, so for me, I feel like, oh, you know, like, I wonder how much of a struggle I had just because my, the things that I wanted to do or things that I was obsessing about, I was just not given room to indulge myself or like to, to play around with these thoughts and like to, to pursue those. And this is just, I'm just speculating. Cause like, I really don't remember, but one thing that I'm doing with my daughter, for example, if she like really obsesses about something and I know it's like silly it's like oh my god like stop thinking about that thing she'll think about it even more right so I'm really trying to indulge my daughter more because I think uh it's harmless it's just like okay ma I, I want to get this new notebook and it's like I don't know five dollars and me just getting that notebook from my daughter will just like, and I, and I know like 120% that she's going to play with it a day and then she's going to forget about it. But then I think like that, like will 
just like free up space in her mind, right? Um, so I'm just giving myself a lot more grace with my daughter. And I, I'm, I'm so sure that my parents, you know, were busy, like they were like immigrants and like they're just like, you know, doing a lot of different things. So um, I am sure that I was not given that sort of room and space to like explore and indulge. Um, so like my daughter like does a lot of crafts and different things. And, and I remember I was so into crafts, but it's, it's like at some point that stopped and I'm sure it was because like I was not given the time or I was not given. And with my daughter, I just want to, okay, you know, like, okay, well, uh, you don't need to read that book. You can just spend more time, I don't know, like building this craft out of paper, you know, just using your imagination. So I see myself like, oh, you know, I, I am this creative person. Uh, probably I was not given that much room for that. And now that as an adult, I'm trying to, give my daughter more room, but I also like, I am giving myself more room. So even this like notion, you know, course resource build that I'm doing, um, it's really not related to any of my field, any of my work, but I just, I just wanted to do it. And I just kept thinking and thinking about this thing until I just, you know, like created this proposal for this chef that it was a total stranger to me. And I'm like, okay, no, this is me. And like, I love your work. I want to create this for you because I, I know like you need this. <laughs> and it's my way of crafting. Um, so yeah, going back to that question, I, I don't remember, but I think I'm pretty sure I was not given the room to explore and to be creative. And I went into engineering. I started engineering. Um, and I, I'm like, you know, like I'm not practicing my engineering anymore, but it's uh sure yeah. you are on your notion i know i know that yeah. is that's like that's so true too like uh nothing goes to waste and i can talk a, a lot about how engineering shows up in like i've done random things like the most random thing i've done or i still do is like fashion show production and it's like it's so fun it's like where like i, I sort of shine how did you also. get involved in that <laughs> um so, I mean, long story short, I, uh, college was really good. Like I got really good grades, like scholarships and, but then like w my career had a lot of bumps. I just got bored so fast and I would just like leave my job, get a new job, get bored again. Um, and after like about a about like 10 years ago, I started like coaching English and it was out of you know, I want to make some money. Uh, it was like a pretty like in high demand type of, you know, freelance gig in Korea. So I started doing that and I just had so much fun with it because like I, I kept coming up with new lessons and new material, meeting new people. Like there was always a sense of new. Um, I could regulate that. Of course, some people would go to like a regular school and like they're just recycling all their like lessons. But in my case, I would always come up with new things and I chose the right environment for that. And I worked for this modeling agency and uh, I was, you know, like just coaching their staff because uh, they're, they're doing more global projects. And then they asked, you know, we have fashion week. Would you like to come in and like help out? And I think my thing is I always go to help out and like, I like, I take over. Like, 
I go help out and I mean, I don't know, it probably happens to you too, but I just cannot unsee things where I can make better. <laughs> like you just like, you get oh, obsessed. Yeah. Oh, that could be better. Like that could be better. This could be better. And then, uh, I just like want to make things better because I, I see things I can totally simulate it in my head. Okay. If we do this, it would be so much better. Right. And like workflows and, and this is like my engineering mind, like my ADHD, all of that coming together. But, um, again, like I loved the work and they loved what I did in terms of like hospitality, all I had to do is like, there were like 50 edit, you know, like editors coming from Vogue, Elle magazine, all these magazines. I had to make sure that they would get into the shows at the right time. Right. And it's like a very simple thing, but it's actually very complicated because you're managing so much people within like the very tight schedule, million things go happening at the same time. So I just created like spreadsheets. Like I knew exactly where each editor had to be seated and like, it was like, um, it sounds crazy and it is crazy, but I was just really good at it. Like I was very calm and I knew exactly what was, what was happening, like at a very high level. And then from there, I just started getting invited to work on different fashion shows and I just became more and more and more involved. And I worked f with like some of the, the top, you know, creative agencies in the world and I still do if there's a really interesting project, but, um, yeah, just like, it, so excited. <laughs> it, it's like converging of your different skill sets and it's really just following your curiosity. Um, so your curiosity right. of teaching people English and then like where that leads to. And it's interesting cause you, you mentioned that you struggled the, the, the zero to 10% but you've tried so many different things. So what, where did you get your like confidence to like take the first step? You acknowledge that like maybe you're the type of person that takes the first step and then on the project you realize like, okay, like somebody else could help me get this a little bit more forward. But I'm looking more of a response in like the confidence realm because I think a lot of people struggle with even how you're like, oh, I see the chef. I'm going to pitch this chef like that is, I think the number one inhibitor to most people, like anybody listening to this, that is the inhibitor. It's like they'll have an idea in their head and it's not even that they can't get the idea to zero to 10%. They won't even like reach out to somebody like that is their fear. And that's a lack of confidence in, in their idea and, and what their path is. What has been your like installation of confidence to be able to do that. Um, yes. Thank you so much for, for like, I see myself as like not, uh, I always felt like I lacked confidence, but I do think that, um, in the past two years or so I've gained more confidence in my work. And I really think that, um, like COVID made a huge impact on me. Like, um, cause I was like a very non digital, like I, I, I was not on social media at all. Like I think my first YouTube videos that I started watching was with COVID. Like I didn't know anything about social media marketing. So I was like actually searching social media marketing 
because I needed to learn that. I felt like, oh my God, everything's collapsing. All my English courses were canceled. Uh, all these events were canceled. Everything was getting canceled left and right. And I think with COVID, like not as a survival, but like I just started like discovering Twitter and I was just like, you know, just a part of the audience looking at what was happening in the, in, on the Twitter stage. And I would just like, not even like, oh, you know, look at me, but I was oh, like, that's like, I was tr just get engaging with people and their thoughts. And I saw, um, I saw people who were engaging back and then, oh, wow, this person, you know, like, I, I don't know a, a thing about this person. But this person is finding what I say interesting or um, what I can do valuable, right? And I think that's where uh, I, that's how it started. I think that's how it started. And um, right, the reason why I got involved with Twitter was actually also Notion. So like Notion was the thing where Back in, like, I don't know, just, just like, again, like YouTube algorithm, right? Like fed me like this thing. And it was like, oh, this like looks really cool. And to me, it looks so easy. Like I'm, I'm just like, I'm a very tech challenge person. Like I'm like, how do you do that? But the notion was so intuitive and so easy. Later, I, I found out that it's not easy for everybody. But for me, um, the, the, the idea of being so visual, like, if you look at my main sort of notion page, the one that I like, I have bookmarked probably for somebody it's like too crazy, but I can see everything very like at high level Versailles view of everything that is happening. And I was like, Oh my God, I can build that myself like without any coding. So I got really into notion and then through notion, I got involved with Twitter and I was just sharing things about notion and just people started engaging. And when I, when I saw that, oh, this is valuable to people, I wanted to create more. And I think that's, that's the snowball effect where you just do something, there's a little response, and those like small wins accumulate. And I think that's what gave me more confidence. But the, the first, the, the trigger or like what started was creating. And I think that that's my whole thing. Like people, like, all of you are creators, just create something. And, um, that's my main sort of, um, I don't know, goal behind notion education or notion training. Like, I just want to let people know that, uh, there's a spectrum, right? You can create really complicated, super powerful things. You can also create very simple things like my, like I could teach an 80 year old grandma to create something useful for her like a little gallery with her grandchildren's photos or something right uh, and I've been really thinking about actually like going to a nursing home near my house and then pitching this idea of you know like I want to actually teach notion to your like um to the senior people here, like, would you let me to come in like once a week or something? And if I have time, I might, I might do that. But the, the whole creation is so powerful, but I think people before they gain confidence to like pitch to other people, I think there's this like lack of like, I don't know, self, there's a lot of self doubt about creation. Like, you know, 
they don't know what to create. Like, you know, like I, I, there's nothing I, I could make. So not only at a skill level, but it's also like, what can I make? Like this imagination that I feel lacking in people. Mm. Um, so one thing that I've been doing or like that I started to do, I was in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. And again, like I just created, I just told some people in Mexico, I was looking at plane tickets and it's like, oh my God, $200 round trip to Mexico. Like I'm going. And it was an idea of, okay, how can I, I want to go to Mexico. How can I make this trip valuable and how can I justify this trip? And my thing was like Notion. So like I just got together a few people that I knew were active on the Notion community and I was telling them, you know, I'm like two hours away. I can buy this plane ticket tomorrow. Uh, would you help me host this meetup? And I will present. And then like my whole presentation was create with Notion. And I was like, you know, I just, just brought up like Steve Jobs, you know, like he, he, there's a new book, create something beautiful. Um, and it's a free book, right? It's like, in, it's online. So that was the main inspiration. And I was telling them like, you know, I just started a podcast, like all my podcast stuff is on Notion. And I was showing them like, and I was just even showing them how there were so many holes, like, you know, I was just creating it. So my Notion, podcast sort of like workspace was very kind of like half empty I was still tinkering like does this work this doesn't work so I was telling them like something half made and I was telling them you know like even this is useful and I was just giving them and, and I had them like sort of commit to let's all commit today to do to create something and everybody was like writing their project and like last night I, I did like a follow-up meeting to that um and there was this guy who was like writing a novel on a notion, like a graphic novel, like, and it's like super cool. So imagine that person creating something. So he, he, he made the first step of creating something. The next step is to like share it. It's not even like reaching out to somebody, but just putting it out in the world. And I guarantee you, like at least one person is going to feel, oh, that's cool. And just like a stranger telling you that your work is cool, I think is very powerful. But I just, just I, I think that it's, it's like, it's hard to just be told that, like you need to be shown and, and feel. So like my, all I can do is like, I can really just help people create. And that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I just want you to create because like, I promise you, you just create and put it out and somebody's gonna like engage with your work and you're gonna like feel this amazing experience. So like the whole creation um, gets attention and then like that attention, like, oh, wow, somebody liked this. Uh, I think that gives confidence or more. Yeah, sorry, that was like long. I, no, that was, don't, don't apologize. That was, that was awesome. What it makes me think of is environment. The word that came up was the environment because you mentioned covid and how it made you kind of reflect internally and then you were like okay like my environment externally is changing like i can't go teach english class anymore so i have this gap and i have this space of time where i want to continue to be curious and where was that that was online and it reminds me of people that live in the corporate world like your environment might not be the most creative so it's going to stifle your create your creative like energy and outlet because you might want to be creative and 
go down the path of following your curiosities, but everyone around you, it's like, oh, if I, if I work this job and then I show them my creation to them, it's like, eh, what, what, like, what are you trying to do? Why are you doing this? And that stifles people's, uh, creation and ability to have that confidence. And what you mentioned where you started going online and looking for the communities and the environments, that is the beauty of living in 2023. So I just took a trip home to the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast of the United States uh, for 24 years until I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. And one of the biggest differences I noticed between Austin and like going back there is like everyone in Austin, uh, this is a a growing city, entrepreneurial, tech-driven, social media-driven. Everyone is following some type of creativity and curiosity, and you're encouraged to do that. So when I moved here, I felt it. I said an idea. Someone's like, someone was like you, Monica. Like, how do I help you with that? Like, let's help each other grow. You go back to the East Coast, and it's more of a standard, traditional way of living, and people are stifled in their curiosity and creativity. And I think it stems from like we grow up and then we have these responsibilities and we lose who we are as children to just like create to create. And when I listened to your story, it was like you were creating at first like English lessons and and serving people. But then you started realizing like, oh, this ability to create is endless as soon as you got onto that digital world. Like I'm gonna create something, I'm gonna put it out there, I'm gonna get the validation. Most people, if you're listening to this and you're in that corporate environment, the number one step I would say is change your environment digitally because you might not be able to up and leave your physical space right now. Like there are limitations to that, like you got bills, you got rent, you got things that you need to take care of. You can do it in a six month to a year, but like digitally right now you can go online and you can connect with someone like Monica and I guarantee you she's not going to say that's a stupid idea. If anything, she's going to help you make the idea better and that's where I'd love to transition this conversation more into, okay, you're, you're working on Notion today, but like, what else is Monica working on behind the scenes? And what else are you curious about and you creating um, in this world? Oh, it's, like, it's like so many things, CJ. Like, um, yeah, I think that that's my problem. I need to, I need to create less. <laughs> like, I need to like really uh stop diverging and like converge and focus but it, it's really hard so like one compromise i've made is uh so i quit my full-time job and that was like a big compromise i did like okay so i want to you know like i'm not so inspired with this full-time job um i when want did you quit to, sorry when did you quit i quit uh at the end of last month congratulations I knew yeah. that, but I wanted to. Yeah, I quit <laughs> I wanted, last month, and it's just like, um, it's interesting because people tell me congratulations, and I'm like, you know, ten years ago, people would not have said that. They would have said like, oh wow, do you need help? Can I help you get another job? Like that would be that would have been like the next sort of like follow up. But if I tell people, you know, like I'm gonna quit, it's like, oh wow, they get so excited. So <laughs> like, well, what are I gonna do? I think it goes back to your your Substack. Let's get practical. I think pe I think for some people, quitting is not practical. Like there there are some yeah. people in my life that I would be like, please do not ever quit your job. Like you're you're you operate and you have this operating system that I don't have, and I have an operating system that you don't have. But if I stayed in a job, I would die. I literally just would. It would suck the life out of me. So practically, is it? Is it practical for me to do that? No. So it's just like, that's where 
I think people are becoming more in tune with that. Like what's practical for Monica and CJ is two different things. Um, and, and that's where like with jobs, it's, it, I don't think it's practical for someone like you with your creative energy to be stifled at one job. Like you need to yeah. be helping multiple things. So like the, I, 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 knowing that I had picked this job that really allowed me to do different things. So I was like within my full-time job, I was doing like events and connecting with like, you know, media outlets. And, uh, and I had this, I had sort of decided on this job because I knew I, I had a certain level of self-awareness, but still like, I was just like a little bit kind of like done with my workplace. Um, and I was telling you like, there's so many things and I'll just share a couple, but because of there are so many things, I'm like one person, two kids, like no time. Uh, I'm really trying to leverage, like I'm, I'm trying to hire people for help, uh, even like for a short time and uh, to to tackle on this many projects. But I think on, on like a few, I don't know, verticals, like I really want to, uh, I really believe in like, let's get practical, which is a very new thing. Like my podcast has like nine episodes published I recorded a couple more, but, uh, but I'm really embracing this idea of let's get practical and, um, kind of like showing different ways people are being practical and, um, and even ideas. Like I really want to, like, I, I reached out to this library, like the Milwaukee public library has the most interesting Instagram feed. And it's just really like in a very creative way, um, there's How did like, you, you know, find the Milwaukee Public Library? I don't know. So like it just popped up in my Instagram feed because like I know a lot of like neurodivergent people in my life and they post amazing and fun, interesting things. But if you go to their feed, you'll see what I mean. Uh, all their librarian like staff is like super cool and they make like books so cool. Like there's this whole, there's this one that comes to mind. There's this like 90 year old grandma and she's like, you know, walking and just picking like an animation book, like a manga book. And, and it was just like the, the fun of it. So I reached out to them and I'm like, you know, like I would love to just like, you know, have you on my podcast to see um, like how you're making, you know, books cool. And like, you know, just, that's amazing. So like, you know, that that sort of idea of I want my podcast to be this very strange territory of. Like, you know, things that people would not thought of, would not think about, but I did. And I'm just, you know, like, I just want you to see how creative, like you can push the boundaries of creation. Like you don't have to interview the same people. I want to find like the best plumber in my area and I want to interview him or her uh, about plumbing and like about, like, those are the things that I want to do. Um, so in a way, like I really want to grow, let's get practical, the podcast and like build tools. So like a notion, um, hopefully I'll have time to, once I tinker with my own notion space for a podcast, uh, I think people should start a podcast. Like, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is like the least amount of effort you can put for a creative project where you, um, where you feel really alive. And then video can be very, you know, like video is hard. Like, like I have a hard time with like editing videos, but sound audio is much easier. And I want to just like show how I'm doing it. And like, you know, it's not, it's not that hard and like show people and give tools. Um, so like the whole thing about podcasting and even I love listening to podcasts and, 
just even sharing my notes about podcasts and like what are some things that I take away from this conversation. So, um, so that's like one big, big arm. The other one is um, like I love to write and I love to I want to become a better writer. That's another whole big thing where I want to create, you know, through interviews. But I think the, the every every content starts from text, like from from like, um, I don't know, like writing helps you think. And I want to spend more time writing, writing better. And uh, I want to spend more time with that. And that comes out through like blog I haven't posted a blog in a long time, but I have all these ideas and I want to just spend time, you know, with writing. Um, the other thing that I love to do is, and again, you'll see they're so different. Maybe it's CJ. You can help me find like an overarching theme, but another I mean, big I got, thing, so, I, first off, I can help you with the video stuff. That's, okay, that's where for sure. I like, come in like that. The second awesome. thing is like you mentioned becoming a better writer. One, that's a huge market. Um, Two, I talked to the Pathless Ball and like we talked to our other buddy, Yash, who loves Notion and um, our other buddy, Noah, who's, who's writing a book. And it's just like, how do you create something like a Notion page of it's like gamified to help me become a better writer? So somebody could start with they're on X level of writing and then how do I improve my writing and like notion would be a great like gamified way of giving people different prompts to become a better writer so you start at one and then and everybody's starting point's different like my starting point would be different than yours but you go through and you could make that super aesthetic and, and pretty looking and like someone like me like i want to write a book probably by the end of 2024 and what really stops me is i'm a very off good off the cuff writer like email newsletter Twitter, that type of writing, I'm very good. But I see some of my friends that write books, like Paul, like it intimidates me for sure because I am not in my head that great of a writer. And you mentioned becoming a better writer. Is that, what, is that practically the same for everybody? Like that, that's what comes to mind for me is like better writer. Is that practically the no, same? Like, no, it's, it's very probably very different, but... I think the the um, one the one thing that I've been also thinking a lot about is this idea of taste and like having taste, right? And like it's a and taste is very different from you know like it's very different for people. But um, with with writing, right? Like there are certain writers that I really like, and there's some other writers that I'm sure like are really good writers, but you know just just like you know like it's not my taste. Um, and for this idea of taste. So when I say like, I want to become a better writer is, um, yeah, some people say, Oh, Monica, like your writing is pretty good. Like, but I just want to, like, there is, there's this, this, this taste level that I want to reach. And, um, I think there's room for improvement. And like, all I'm trying to say is that it's definitely an area that I'm reading about, that I'm like trying to write about, like I think about intros and like what makes good writing. So for example, I love, love, love like Morgan Housel's writing. It's like, oh my God, like why, like how can somebody be so good? <laughs> um, so Morgan Housel is somebody that I look up to and 
um, if you like dissect his writing, it's just like so simple. He like that's the the, the what looks effortless. It, there's a lot of work behind it, and I think my writing tries too hard. And I want like writing that feels lighter, like feels like more straight, like you know, just. Um, so I want to work towards that. And the way I um, I use writing, not only for my own writing, but I've done a lot of coaching for people's like resume building when I was in Korea. And uh, one thing that I'm really good at, or like maybe my students were not very good at, and I was better at like helping them is to to find what's interesting in people like it's, it's really interesting how somebody will tell me like i will okay dump here all that you did in your life you know and then they will talk about different things and i'm really good at like cobbling things like this like really kind of weird things and i see different connections between the different i don't know experiences somebody may have had uh, and i help them craft the story like, oh, you know, like, I think this is really interesting about you. And it could be applied for this position that you're applying for. And I've had like, you know, I, I've helped people pr get promoted as a partner or like this person, like get really high positions. And, um, and I want to do that also for like college applications or like, you know, graduate school applications. And it's like, it's very like, kind of like different, but that's another area that, you know, when you talked about like, I like having seven jobs, it's like job number five. <laughs> it's like my like college application and uh, I'm going to work. I'm like, I'm applying for this job. I don't know if I'm, I'll, I'll get it, but like, we'll see. Um, I'm in the third round of interviews to be this like consultant for college applications. But um, I think it's like I helped this one person get into college or like graduate school. And it was the most amazing experience like wow you know like this person like goes to a school that he wants to go to and then you have this this whole uh, I mean like some people say school is overrated and all that but I do still think that I don't know I mean the, I I am a pro at university and like I think you can get great education at university and like the whole environment all of that is the same it's one package it goes back to practicality yeah like, true practical for some, not for all. You mentioned right, plumbers, right, right? right? Like practically going to college just doesn't make sense if you want to be the best plumber in the world. Right, so, right. Yeah. So for engineers, I, I've, I've helped engineering students and um, I want to do more of that. And then um, the other thing is like, I'm, I'm terrible at community. Like I don't, I, I, I would never get involved in community building. Like, like I don't think I would be able to do it well. I love being part of communities, but um, I cannot like start a community. But my way of like, I really want to help people, you know, like be creative, like create. And um, I'm trying to think of what's the best way for me to share material in a way that is accessible, useful, and still give them accountability. So um, I'm going to do this like once a month hot seat type of thing and I'm, I'm testing it with the the spanish market like the the mexico um notion sort of started like their their like localized spanish language very recently and i have this youtube channel with one notion video, video like in spanish 
And it's like really popular. I'm like, wow, I totally forgot about this channel existed. But then it has like, I don't know, like a thousand subscribers. Like my, my one video has over 30,000 views and, and like a hundred comments. I'm like, oh, oh where's the next that. video? So I'm going to, um, I'm not ready to go full English yet, but I'm like kind of like my minimum viable uh way of helping is doing this like once a month and i did i i tested it yesterday and i felt very good like no prep required to show up and then somebody gets picked to share their workspace and then i just go in and, and give suggestions and and i'm really good at reacting which is like also common for like from like neurodivergent people like i it's hard for me to go from zero to ten but the reason why I can start all of these projects is that there's a starting point that does not maybe look as good as I want it to be. And that's my starting point. And it's always easy for me to make something that already exists better. Because um, like, we're like, I react very well to information. And that's what I tell people when they're like helping me out to get from zero to 10. Just do something. That's all I need. Like it, it can be terrible. I'm, I'm going to like, change everything but i just need something to start like that i i can like sort of bait my brain to react and Sorry, like, the beauty of that is you can start 10 things at one time because if you're if you're asking 10 people to get from zero to one percent you just did zero to one 10 times versus only one person like how many how many things can you do zero to one you like just one at a time so I love that and it applies in a lot of different areas of my life, but you mentioned something about like finding what's interesting. Uh, and I'd love to, we're getting close to wrapping up, but it, the question I wanted to, to ask is what is interesting about you that most people don't know? And I'll start with me. It's I'm a very positive and optimistic person, but I like to listen to depressing music. It like, I, I, depressing lyrics. It's just like lyrics that really have depth and meaning, which are typically like not talking about the happiest of things, but it like fires me up. But on the outside, I'm very like, and on the inside, very optimistic, positive, energetic. But when it comes to music, it's like more in depth, kind of depressive type of music. But for you, what is that interesting thing that like most people might not know? Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I think it's it's. I'm so on the outside right now. I am kind of far, a little far from the engineering sort of space. And uh, one of my last engineering related projects was like I was involved in this due diligence for a mining project. Um, and it's so what mining project? Like it was like a good mining for rare earths, and like it's just like so kind of like. Twitter, like, you know, rare earths, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> far in the spectrum. Um, so this, this kind of like technical, dry, super conservative uh, type of field, um, I think is a little bit of a throw off. Sometimes when I tell people, oh, I, I studied civil engineering and they're like, oh, really? Like, you kind of look like an architect. I could have seen you like as a designer, but like civil engineering? Um, and I do think that I have this foundation of um, like dry technical, like 
thing that I may not identify with, but I I kind of like that. Like I I've enjoyed being in the engineering school, um, you know, like physics labs and and there's something probably that you know I've like permeates into my creative space. But the way I approach things, um, I think it's pretty methodical, and then a little bit of an obsessive thing to the way I do things. And um, this this the shift from like construction of boring like projects to fashion shows, and fashion shows basically is a short term construction project, but it's like so intense, so beautiful, and like. It's like so cool. I think fashion shows, the ones that are like big fashion shows are a creative masterpiece. And um, I love that. Like, I think people get surprised. Oh, like fashion show production? Like, what is that? And uh, I love, I love being part of this hidden secret world. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I never would have pinned, like just from knowing you just for a little bit now pinned you as somebody that was working on mining, mining projects yeah. projects. And I get, I get that from my, from my past as well is just like, again, like I do a lot of fitness stuff and I'm outdoorsy and like constantly traveling and doing different things. And when I mentioned, cause I, I don't really bring it up that much, uh, cause I'm out of this world for over six and a half years now that I was went to engineering school. I was industrial and systems engineering. And I think what you've talked about, the skills that parlay, it reminds me of, there's a book called start at the end or start with the end. It's like, start with the end in mind. And in engineering school, we're taught to do that over and over again. Cause like, you can't build a bridge that breaks down. Like it would kill people. So you're yeah. always thinking like, how is like, right from the time we start this project, how is it going to have an impact on the end of the project? And when you're mentioning fashion shows, it's like, you're starting this little project, but you're, the end in mind is like this beautiful masterpiece. Right. And that's overwhelming to a lot of people. But for if you go through engineering school, they kind of teach you how to visualize and conceptualize that totally. big thing and then break it down into small pieces. So even though during the school, I didn't have the best experience like when I was in school for a lot of it. Um, when I got out, I started really realizing what my dad was telling me, which was like, just get the degree because this is going to apply to everything in your life. And especially in entrepreneurship where it's, you need to see that end piece. And I'm now realizing how much kind of like that zero to one, like, and one to 10, um, how much, how similar I am to you where it's, I like to work on projects like in different businesses that kind of already got off the ground a little bit. And then I come in, I'm like, Oh, I, I found this here that helps. I found this here that helps. Um, and, and that's really where my bread and butter is. But if you like, tell me like, go make this website, I can do it, but I always get stuck. Like I'll make one row or a couple things. And then I stop rather if I just have somebody like, Hey, make, just any, just like you said, I need to take this advice from you. It's like, just make any website, like put five rows, put any fonts, whatever. And then I'll come in and change the call to action, change the branding, all those things. Um, I'm realizing that I, my actions have aligned with that. So you've brought some clarity with that, but, um, we're going to get to our wrap up questions. Uh, this has been an awesome conversation. I really loved 
hearing your story and, and everything that you're working on. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people out there to follow their curiosities. Um, and I'm excited to hear about whether they accept you, your application. Um, good luck on the third round. Um, but last question we have before we get into the wrap up um, is really how or who do you want to be connected with and then how can they best connect with you? So people out there, you mentioned Notion and the different things, podcast, um, feel free to just like communicate who is the best person that you're trying to connect with and how can they get connected with you? Um, sure. The, what I've, I've gone through a lot of, Oh, you know, like I want to be known for this. I want to be known for that. Like this whole like niche, like maze and like going back to zero and like hitting cul-de-sacs. I think today I'm at a point where I've accepted like what, like who I am and who I can help most. And when I help well, I feel like I'm most alive. And I think the, the group that I've helped recently and I felt really connected to is this group of like creators, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that, I mean, I, I don't like calling them solopreneurs because I think there's always like people helping them, even myself, like it's just me, but I hire help or like here and there, I ask a lot of people how to do things. So there are these two groups or like maybe three, like group of creators, like YouTubers, podcasters, writers, um, and then entrepreneurs that are trying to either, yeah, they, they want to get things done, but they, there's this nagging feeling that things could be a little bit better or, uh, they're creating something and they don't know how to put it out to the world. Um, those are the people that I just want to just help to give them a little push, like, uh, just a little, like, you know, that they're climbing the, the, the mountain and just, just want to put my hand in their back. Like, it's just like, I'm not going to do a lot for them, but, um, and I'm doing that for this one creator with this one YouTube creator where I'm just really helping her like so much creative, you know, like she's a creative powerhouse. And because of things in her life or different things, I think 60% is coming out and she could do a lot more. So I'm just, just trying to like, um, notice things that are like making her like workflow more difficult and then taking care of those to like see her shine. And then I want to do that with other creators, entrepreneurs, course creators, teachers, uh, through like notion, through writing, through even like brainstorming. Right. Um, and this whole idea of taste, like I, I talk about how, yeah, it's hard to do from zero to 10, but there's so many resources out there now to, to get like a good idea of what you want. And, um, that's what I'm learning. Like for me, one of the, the biggest things that I've learned and I've become really good at is to kind of like communicate what I want. And that's like so hard. Like I hired like a web designer and like telling them what I want you to create. Cause I have something in mind. Right. Um, so like, you know, how to communicate with like your contractors or like your freelancers and uh, just teaching people this, this process, because I, I really think not many people um, believe that delegating is accessible or delegating is possible or affordable. And uh, I think you do have a spectrum, right, of like talent that you can choose from. Um, different countries because of like living expenses and quality of life 
they have a different pay scale, right? And um, there, there are lots of things that that are possible if you learn how to like leverage those things and uh, just want to, because I was there on the other side. I'm like, oh my God, how do I do this? And like, oh, can you hire an editor? Like, and I want to just teach people and help how and what I'm doing. Uh, and like, a, just take what works for you. You know, like, this is what I'm doing. It may not work for you, but um, take what works. So just packaging my information and my knowledge. So that's, I think, how I want to, yeah, approach. Heck yeah. Um, last question that we always ask everybody on here is if you were to define the word thriving, how would you define it? Oh my God. I, I was like thinking about, uh, this is like not a joke. Like I was like, I'm going to write a book and the title is going to be not thriving. It's still okay. <laughs> as in like, you know, like Go I have do this, it. <laughs> as in, you know, like I, um, I've had like a three or two like really terrible weeks, like emotionally and like just just feeling bad and like depressive thoughts that are very common also for like neurodivergent people. Um, and I think thriving, there's this pressure like I'm like, oh, I'm not thriving. Like I just feel and the definition that I have come up with is um, I think it's like just making that independent of your circumstances and your environment so it's just like whatever is going on and most of the times like there are so many things that like I can control are bad and even in the midst of all of that um am I making the most to create something that I'm proud of like that's, I think my kind of definition, I'm still working through it, but like thriving, I was like this past week, you know, like was feeling terrible, but like, I really think that in the midst of all of this turmoil, I was thriving. Like I was still deciding to, okay, I feel like crap, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to like, you know, create this piece or like create this connection or make this contact and I think that um no matter how like you know like the, the escalator is going down but like am I just waiting or am I like making a step and that's like my definition of thriving like am I just going forward even though it that, does not look like it from the outside it's powerful like stagnation is the true killer and no matter where you're at like you don't have to be stagnant even if it's in your mind your external could be stagnant but in your mind are you making positive Step. So I love how you define that there. And actually it was one of the reasons the brand was even created was with the understanding that I'm not always thriving. The goal is to just look in the mirror and ask myself, how do I make one step better, 1% better every single day towards that step of having a thriving lifestyle. And that comes with the peaks and the valleys. It's not just every day is just great it's like no like if today isn't great what makes it not great and how do i take that step forward so i love how you put that i think it was a, a wonderful way to define it at the end of every episode i go over what my biggest takeaways were and today there was two of them i really liked i really love your branding of like let's get practical thinking about it more and understanding that again the practicality to some is not the practicality to, to other people i think is very powerful if people really 
listen to that and, and hone in what is practical to themselves and, and doubling down. And then the second is um, creating and delegating. I think, like you said, a lot of people out there don't even know how to delegate or how easily it is to delegate and the resources beyond that. So if you listen to this podcast episode today and you'd love to learn that, please reach out to Monica or myself in that realm of like how to use Fiverr, Upwork, these different things to get 10 things at least to, like she mentioned, 10%, and then you can move the needle forward much more efficiently and effectively if you are using those resources. If you like this episode and you feel that there's somebody else out there that could benefit from it, please share it with them. The thing that would make me the most happy is that you share Monica's story with somebody else that could potentially benefit from it and potentially reach out to her and y'all could work on a project together, become friends, um, and make this world a better place. Last thing, give us that five-star rating and review. It's super helpful for more people to hear the episodes like Monica's that could be beneficial to their life. A podcast, thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.